the heart of transcendent knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriya at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called profound illumination, and at the same time, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. And through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, How should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind, consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. And therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, it's the past mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. The Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teyata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. Thus Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi and praised Noble Avokateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. And the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and Gandharvas, rejoice and praise the words of the Blessed One.
So, again, uh, we will be looking at uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. Uh, and this falls categorically um, within the texts that Lama Tsongkhapa wrote uh, on the stages of the path to enlightenment, or the Lam Rim. Uh, and this is the most extensive text on the stages of the path to enlightenment that Lama Tsongkhapa wrote. He also wrote other uh, texts that become more and more condensed as they become smaller and smaller. Uh, the next uh, largest text was the medium stages of the path to enlightenment, and that text had about 200 pages. Uh, and then the um, next uh, smaller text we, we find uh, is, uh, is a text such as the um, abbreviated stages of the path to enlightenment, or the Lam Rim Dudin. Uh, and then there's an even uh, more condensed category of text on the stages of the path to enlightenment, uh, such as uh, a text called The Foundation of All Good Qualities or The Source of All My Good. So all of these texts contain the same material or content, and those are the stages of the path for beings of uh, small, medium, and great capacities. So uh, the, the um, great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment is the most extensive explanation. Uh, and then the uh, medium stage of the path has a little bit less of an explanation or a less extensive explanation than the abbreviated station. stage of the path is a, a real summary of all of that information. But they are all commentaries on Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment and explain the dharmas for beings of three capacities. What and uh, in uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's collected works, we find that there are 18 volumes, uh, and those 18 volumes are commentaries on the sutra and tantra traditions of Buddhism. 
Robinson Kappa was a very clear, uh, great scholar. Very similar to a Nalanda scholar. So this uh, text, which is uh, um, um, also a commentary on Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, is the most extensive text uh, on that subject that Lama Tsongkhapa wrote, and uh, we're referring to the great treatise on the stage of the Path to Enlightenment, and that's what we're currently studying. Okay. Uh, so uh, the text has four categories, or has an outline with four specific categories at the beginning. Um, and it first begins with uh, the greatness of the teaching's author. And here this is referring to Lord Atisha, the greatness of Lord Atisha. And it, it shows the liberation life story uh, of Lord Atisha in that specific section. Uh, the next section is the greatness of the teaching itself. And it shows the four greatnesses, or there are four qualities that the, uh, makes uh, Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment a great teaching. Uh, and then the third uh, category is the great way to listen to and explain the instruction. So here in this category we find the appropriate way to listen to the teaching uh, from the side of the student and how the teacher should give the instruction itself. Uh, so this is the third category. And then the fourth category is how to lead students in the actual instructions. Uh, and here we find within that, um, the first, the uh, um, um, how to rely upon the teacher that is the root of the path. Uh, and then we find that there are uh, six categories, and then the, how to actually sustain that meditation, uh, and what to do during the meditation and uh, post-meditation, uh, or after the meditation session. Uh, so, And then uh, it goes through refuting misconceptions about meditation itself. And here we're speaking of uh, specifically the meditation on relying upon the teacher. Uh, um, uh, so we've finished all of those sections, and now we've arrived at the human life of leisure and opportunity. Um, so we've gone through all of those different categories already, uh, and now we're uh, in this, uh, in the English, it's chapter 7, um, in, uh, uh, um, it'll actually be 7 and 8 on page 117, and it's the human life of leisure and opportunity. And then Tibetan, it's page 77, I think. 77, Rebecca. Rebecca, okay. Oh.
117. You'll find the outline, the sache at the top, and then it's in a little different order in the text, but it, all the information is so we're going through these uh, um, uh, um, different um, uh, um, meanings contained within the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment over and over again so that we can uh, arrive at our true understanding of them and now uh, we've arrived at this uh, human life of leisure and opportunity, uh, which is in the appropriate order uh, um, of learning. It now falls in the appropriate order of learning. I apologize if there's any error in that. So here the teachings uh, begin with this reliance upon the teacher uh, and then go through the various pathways which lead uh, ultimately to uh, Buddhahood. But if we look at all of the uh, teachings within Buddhism, if we look at all the, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha contained within the Kangjur uh, and the authentic Indian commentaries in the Tengjur, we will find that there is, uh, uh, or uh, the Sutra uh, teachings or the Tantra teachings or the Hinayana teachings or the Mahayana <coughs> teachings, we'll find that all of these uh, teachings share uh, um, something specific in common. And they all can fall uh, um, into uh, uh, three specific, among th these three specific categories. Uh, those pathways which lead to the higher realms, uh, those pathways which lead to liberation or nirvana, and those pathways which lead to uh, Buddhahood. So here, uh, in the, for the, the teachings that are shared in common with beings of small capacity, uh, we find that uh, those are those pathways which lead to the higher realms, to the gods' realms, to the human realms. Uh, so uh, those pathways lead to those that specific result. Uh, the teachings shared in common with beings <coughs> of medium capacity are those teachings which show one how to abandon the afflictions through the application of the three highest higher trainings to achieve a state of cessation that uh, is achieved through reliance upon the pathway which are those trainings. So uh, pathways which are those trainings and then one is able to achieve a state of cessation which is a, uh, an abandonment of his or her afflictions. Uh, and then when we get to the teachings for beings of great capacity, we find that those teachings are allow one to uh, get rid of 
um, not only those afflictive obstructions, but also the obstructions to omniscience, the uh, imprints of the grasping at true establishment. So the imprints of those uh, predispositions or imprints can be abandoned through the practice of the um, teachings uh, for beings of great capacity. And those teachings are uh, the um, union of uh, method and wisdom, method and wisdom, or the combination of the three highest higher trainings, uniting them with um, uh, bodhicitta, or the mind that aspires to enlightenment. What um, so, um, the uh, drone, great master Drone Tompa um, stated that it was amazing that uh, Atisha's uh, lamp for the path to enlightenment uh, was able to contain all of the three baskets of instruction within mm -hmm. Uh, the uh, um, stages, the, the three different stages of the path. So he was able to include the um, uh, the sutra basket, the vinaya basket, and the abhidharma basket um, into uh, all of these instructions. And those instructions were the stages of the path uh, for beings of small capacity, the stages of the path for beings of medium capacity, and the stages of the path uh, for beings of great capacity. And Drontompa stated that everyone. Uh, is benefited by these uh, these teachings. Uh, that uh, everyone is benefited by uh, this teaching. So Drone Tompa said that it, uh, how amazing it is that um, uh, the the great Kadampa master was able to uh, create a, a golden rosary of instruction that encompassed all of those three baskets uh, um, adorned with the stage the this, um, stages of the path for beings of uh, three capacities. What the Notebook,感觉天就天大的老罗的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人的老人
uh, um, summarized or implicitly con uh, within Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. Uh, so it's compared to a great ocean. So Lama Tsongkhapa states, the stages of the path uh, um, to enlightenment uh, have been transmitted and intact by those who have followed an order both from Nagarjuna and Asanga, those crowning jewels of the erudite masters of our southern continent, and the banner of whose fame stands out above the masses. As following these stages can fill, fulfill every desire of desirable aim of all nine types of beings. They are a powerful wish-granting king of precious instruction because they collect streams of thousands of collect excellent classics. They are indeed an ocean <coughs> of illustrious co correct instruction. So here, uh, um, Drone Tompa uh, uh, is stating that all beings are benefited um, by these teachings because they are uh, complete uh, and Lama Tsongkhapa is comparing it to an ocean of instruction because of its, uh, them, uh, the teaching being complete. So we find a, a, a common idea uh, uh, that Lama Tsongkhapa and uh, Drone Tombo both have uh, about Islam for the path to enlightenment, or they, they concur about its uh, greatness or about its contents, the greatness of its contents. <laughs> so, in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, uh, we find uh, uh, that there are many distinctions that are made. There is no this, there is no that. Uh, and here, uh, if we look at the sutra and the tantra tradition, when these negations are being made, this there is no this or that, it's speaking of the lack of true establishment of this or that, not the non-existence of this or that. What I share in your mem memosun, mem memosun, what the demomadosun do what is, what the gomoludugi, gomoluduj, carasugria. Ronda revanije gune, mesmate, jishin jibasun what is. Just <laughs> Long uh, so here, this uh, Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge uh, and the uh, explanation of it uh, um, uh, being uh, uh, a teaching on the lack of true establishment <coughs> of these things comes uh, from Nagarjuna's teachings. And we uh, find that, uh, uh, that the, the, content, uh, the explanation of these things can be found 
uh, in the uh, 100,000 verse Perfection of Wisdom Sutra, or the 20,000 verse, or the 8,000 verse, uh, and then uh, here in the, the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we also find uh, the same information. Um, but it's necessary, if you look at Nagarjuna's works, if we look at the great six treatises on the middle way by Nagarjuna, uh, uh, and we look at... Um, uh, uh, among those uh, texts, uh, a text such as the Mulyamadhyamika Karika, uh, the root um, wisdom text, uh, the fundamental of the middle way, uh, we'll find that uh, there are many reasons given uh, to um, um, establish the lack of true establishment of things and to establish that this there is no this or that is referring to the lack of <coughs> establishment of things. So signs and reasoning are used to uh, establish uh, what is called emptiness or the lack of true establishment of these. Uh, so one not only uses uh, a scriptural reference to realize that this is the meaning uh, um, behind it, but also one has to use his or her own reasoning and analysis uh, of recognizing that things are not truly established. Why are they not truly established? And are not truly established because they dependently originate. Uh, so it's through this type of analysis that one can arrive at the conclusion of the lack of true establishment. So we find that both of these things are necessary, both scriptural reference as well as uh, using correct signs and reasoning. Uh, so in order to understand emptiness, it's necessary to have both of these um, uh, intact or have both of these ways of learning, both from quoting a scripture but also having analyzed it oneself. Okay, so when we look at the uh, the trailblazers, uh, they are called, uh, it's referring to Nagarjuna and um, Asanga. Um, and Asanga was really uh, known for the writing on the middle way, or uh, the uh, um, um, correct view or the Madhyamika school of instruction. So Nagarjuna's uh, treatises and so forth uh, contained um, more explanations about uh, those topics. Um, Asanga's lineage was the lineage of instruction of the stages of the path. Um, and for instance, in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we find a, a, a mantra that says, Te Ata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. And this mantra implicitly is referring to the five uh, paths uh, the path of accumulation, uh, the path of uh, preparation the path of um, seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning. Uh, so Asanga really elucidated the meaning of the pathways within the Mahayana, within the Hinayana, and then also the mind-only school view of the Mahayana, the uh, Chittamantran view. So uh, Nagarjuna being the trailblazer of the Madhyamaka school, and Asanga being the trailblazer of the explanation of the actual pathways uh, and the mind-only school. Um, so the, the Teata Om Gate, the first Gate is the path of accumulation. Uh, the second Gate is the path of preparation. Uh, uh, Paragate is the path of seeing. Parasamgate refers to the path of meditation. 
and Bodhisoha refers to the path of no more learning. So this this type of material was explained by a Sangha, and the middle way was explained by uh, Nagarjuna. So we find the uh, uh, um, this meaning or these explanations summarized in Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. All of these meanings summarized. This section is the stages of how the students train their minds after they have relied on the teachers. So it says, now it is necessary to show how the stages through, the, uh, through which the guru leads the disciple who properly relies on the teacher as previously explained. So first we have uh, this idea of relying upon the teacher. And um, the reason that it's necessary to begin with relying on the teacher is because it's necessary to have a teacher in any area of learning. One wishes to learn about Hinduism, if one wishes to learn about Christianity, uh, uh, Judaism, or if uh, non any uh, not, uh, religious subject or non-religious subject such as English or science or any type of work that one wants to do, it's necessary to have a teacher to give the instruction uh, in order to understand it. So we find that there, the teacher is necessary or indispensable. Uh, in, in, when one, one, when one want, wishes to learn any subject. Uh, so when we look at the pathways uh, uh, for beings of small, medium, and great capacity, uh, it's also necessary uh, to have a teacher. And then what uh, should that teacher uh, be teaching? Um, uh, and then the answer is the teacher begins with the teachings for beings of small capacity and then the teachings for beings of great medium capacity and then the teachings for beings of great capacity. So then uh, here it begins to show uh, um, what are the, the stages of the path actually are once one begins to rely upon the teacher. So what those path, what those teachings will be, what the order of those teachings will be uh, from that teacher. So now we'll look at the uh, text. <coughs> Sanjeev, 
So here it begins with, now it is necessary to show the stages through which the guru leads the disciple who properly relies on the teacher as previously explained. And then it says the stages of uh, how the students train their minds has two parts. So there's two parts. Uh, The first is uh, an exhortation uh, to take full advantage uh, of life of leisure and opportunity. And then second, how to take full advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity. So this uh, first subject is um, uh, showing how one should be very careful. Um, And here it says to take full advantage. Uh, Taking full advantage of this life uh, is by practicing the pathways uh, which uh, for beings of three capacities, those pathways which lead to the higher realm, practicing those pathways which lead to liberation or nirvana, practicing those pathways which lead to Buddhahood. Uh, so uh, being careful about practicing these things. Uh, and in this section it shows um, how this uh, uh, the life uh, has uh, the eight leisures uh, and ten endowments, or uh, leisures and fortunes, uh, eight leisures... Uh, and uh, ten fortunes. So uh, this section is uh, um, a a request almost to be careful with this uh, human life or this human basis that we've uh, acquired um, because it it has these qualities um, and and kind of an explanation or an outline of all of those uh, qualities um, and uh, um, this life or this basis uh, is important uh, because from it we can um, practice those pathways, again, that lead to the higher realms, that lead to uh, liberation and nirvana, and those pathways which lead <coughs> to Buddhahood. So that's taking full advantage of this life, is, is practicing those, those, those pathways. And then it says... How to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, and again, later on, that'll be the explanation of the pathway which leads to uh, the higher realms, the pathways which lead to liberation or nirvana, and those pathways which lead to uh, Buddhahood. So that's how one takes advantage of it. <laughs> Never Young, 
대화를 아니 아저제 마사나 저제 동만 저제 갑상우서나 장기 교방아 장기 교방아 장안주다 제주서 So then, uh, the next uh, um, section is a, an outline um, of the stages of how the students train their minds after having relied on the teacher. Um, so the, the major heading is an, uh, uh, the exhortation uh, to take full advantage of life of leisure and opportunity. Um, and under that, there are three categories. Uh, the first category is the identification of leisure uh, and opportunity. Uh, the second category is contemplating the great importance of leisure and opportunity. And then the next category is contemplating the difficulty of, of obtaining uh, leisure and opportunity. So there are three. Uh, and then in the first category, uh, the identification of leisure and opportunity, there are two categories. Uh, leisure, one, and then opportunity being two. Um, so here, leisure is referring to a state from which one can practice the Dharma. Um, a leisureless state is that a, le a state from which one cannot practice the Dharma. So a hell realm existence, for in instance, uh, a hell realm existence, for instance, would be a leisureless state because from a hell realm existence, it's not possible to engage in the practice of Dharma. Um, so th therefore, it's a leisureless state. So the eight leisures are referring to uh, those leisures which, which make it possible for one to practice Dharma. Uh, and uh, so here, that's the meaning of this leisure uh, in the first category. The second category, uh, opportunity, um, uh, are sometimes translated as endowment. Uh, um, there are ten different uh, categories. There are internal um, endowments or internal opportunities uh, and external opportunities. And uh, if one has uh, these eight leisures, um, then it's necessary to also have these causes and conditions in order for the arisal of uh, um, realizations that one wishes to have. So one has these leisures and can practice, uh, and then the five internal and five external uh, endowments or opportunities uh, must be present in order for um, it all, uh, 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 in order for the practice to be successful. Um, so uh, here, that is the order of explanation in the text and the outline. Uh, and then the first category, the identification of leisure and opportunity, explaining how leisure is a state from which one can practice Dharma and opportunity is uh, uh, the conditions necessary to practice uh, um, if one has that uh, um, leisure, state of leisure, uh, those conditions that are necessary in order to practice. So uh, leisure and opportunity, eight leisures and ten opportunities. That's 
So here, um, uh, when beginning the identification of leisure and opportunity, we find that it's necessary to have a foundation of ethical discipline uh, in order to accomplish a life of leisure uh, or the, um, uh, to be free from a leisureless state. And karma or action uh, produces results. Um, so one engages in uh, action through one's body, speech, and mind. And if we look at it relative to the ten uh, non-virtuous activities, uh, there are three non-virtuous activities of the body, four non-virtuous activities of the speech, and three non-virtuous activities of the mind. Uh, and those uh, non-virtuous activities um, have varying degrees uh, depending on how one engages in them. Uh, and the greatest uh, degree of uh, non-virtue that one engages in, or the greatest degree of misdeed that one engages in produces rebirth in a hell realm. A medium degree of uh, misdeed that one engages in creates rebirth in the um, hungry ghost realm, and a small degree of non-virtue that one engages in produces rebirth into the animal realm. So uh, this is the uh, how the non-virtuous activities, again, if we're looking at the uh, 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 ten non-virtues, um, how those non-virtuous activities uh, produce results. So they are the, um, those um, lower realms are caused by non-virtues and it, the, their degrees are concordant with the, their results. Um, so uh, then if we look at the opposite, which is the ethics, which is the, an abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities, um, virtue itself also has degrees. Uh, so if one engages in the greatest degree of virtue through his or her body, speech, and mind, then this produces rebirth in the God's realm. If one engages in the medium degree of virtue, produces rebirth in the demigod's realm, and a small degree of virtue produces rebirth in the human realm. So we find first, first the explanation of ethical discipline, because ethical discipline is what uh, causes uh, um, a lack of leisure 
uh, to be accomplished. Um, uh, so, our, uh, so this is where we begin, uh, and uh, and because of the beginning with that, uh, we give a short explanation of virtue and non-virtue, and how those actions produce results. What that traditional way you know, by relying uh, um, upon uh, if ethics, but if one has ethics, then one will abandon leisureless states. So uh, one will abandon the eight conditions that lack leisure, uh, the eight leisureless states. What the not what did turn that zero? And so we find the meaning here in the. What Change uh, so here um, we find first a quote on page 118 uh, from the verse summary of the perfection of wisdom in 8,000 lines. So uh, here this is a, a sutra, um, a quote from a sutra, and it says, Through ethical discipline you eliminate the conditions that lack leisure and many circumstances in a life as an animal. Uh, through it you always attain leisure. So here this is showing that Ethical discipline uh, is first and foremost the basis from which one achieves 
a state of leisure. And a state of leisure is a state where these eight qualities are present, uh, and if they aren't, then it's considered a leisureless state, a, a state in which one uh, cannot practice. So here it also says, and many circumstances in life as an animal, so one is freed from uh, the, the, the circumstances, ethical discipline frees one from being an animal uh, and being the many different uh, types of animals that one sees, uh, ethical discipline stops that type of rebirth. Um, and then uh, ethical discipline also has the qualities of stopping the eight uh, um, 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 leisureless states. Um, and that's sim very similar to what we find uh, um, uh, that we find stated in Nagarjuna's uh, um, text uh, where he states that uh, through um, ethical discipline comes happiness uh, through uh, generosity um, uh, um, things. Uh, um, the, um, what is it? Uh, uh, what are they called? Enjoyments. Uh, so, so through ethics, uh, one has happiness. Through generosity, one has the enjoyment, will have enjoyment. So here it's similar in meaning to what we found in finding Nagarjuna's text. Uh, okay. Um, so, um, in the uh, um, letter to a friend, uh, Nagarjuna's uh, letter to a friend, uh, we find a quote that says, Ethics is the foundation from which um, uh, all other virtues uh, flourish or grow. So it's uh, ethics serve as sort of a foundation or the basis from which uh, all of the other excellent qualities that one can achieve uh, um, uh, can be realized. So ethics is the true foundation or the, the true basis. Um, and we find that quote in Nagarjuna's uh, letter to a friend. What the woman you will that so, um, in the Madhyamika Avatara, there's also uh, um, a similar uh, quote um, that the uh, ethics or ethical discipline uh, becomes the the dandan drabudu the lung. So, 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 Okay. So in the text it uh, um, states that uh, um, the ethical discipline is like the law from which all of the other pathways uh, are produced. So um, ethical discipline being the basis from which all of the practices of the Hinayana 
uh, can be engaged in, all the practice of the Mahayana can be engaged in. And the reason for it being explained like a law is because, in a, for instance, in Middletown, there are laws. In the United States, there are laws. Uh, and because of those laws and because of that order, uh, then uh, there can be schools uh, and there can be offices and there can be hospitals and all of these things uh, in the society can be successfully completed because there are laws and there is some order uh, that allows for this, uh, all of these other things to occur. Uh, so ethical discipline is similar to the law that, uh, because it allows all of the other realizations uh, to occur. Um, so hopefully I can find at the break that quote from the Madhyamika Avatara, um, but that's the meaning of it. So achieving the, the state of leisure, <coughs> abandoning the eight conditions that lack leisure, um, first begins with uh, ethical discipline. So ethical discipline is really the, the uh, most important um, practice to be able to achieve those states. So here, if one achieves, can achieve a basis of leisure, and a, a leisureless basis such as a hell realm uh, is a, a basis from which uh, one cannot practice. So, a, a, a basis of leisure is a, 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 a basis from which one can practice. So, that, here it's saying ethical discipline allows you to eliminate that which uh, uh, the eight conditions that lack leisure. So, now we'll take a five uh, minute uh, break if anybody would like uh, to have cookies or something to drink and use the bathroom. Um, Feel free to. Thank you. You're welcome. Beyond the so, Rimache said he's going to explain the eight leisureless states. So if we were to say, posit those eight leisureless states, um, Lama Tsongkhapa uses the letter to a friend by Nagarjuna to posit what those are exactly. So, this quote comes from Nagarjuna's letter to a friend. And this text was written to a king. It was actually a letter written to one of Nagarjuna's friends, the king Deche Sampo. Um, and uh, because they lived so far away, um, Nagarjuna had to give his advice to the king through a letter form. 
Um, and then this was turned into a text called Nagarjuna's Letter to a Friend. Um, so this is uh, where that comes from. And uh, just one thing from before, I actually found that quote uh, at the break, so I just wanted to add that into the text. It says, Common folk and speech-born shravakas and those established on the path of self-enlightenment, the children of the conqueror also, their final excellence and high rebirth derived from discipline alone. Uh, so that's the quote from uh, Chandrakirti's Madhyamika Avatara, the commentary on the Mulya Madhyamika Karika, um, and that was the quote from that. But here, uh, now we're at the quote from Nagarjuna's friendly letter, uh, where we're going to posit the eight conditions or the eight uh, uh, leisures, uh, and this is uh, from the text that was written uh, in letter form to a king to give advice. Okay, so the first uh, here it says to be reborn with wrong views. Uh, here, wrong views are referring to uh, views such as the disbelief in karma and its consequences or action and effect, uh, the disbelief in the, the, the three jewels, uh, the disbelief uh, in the Buddha, uh, disbelief in. Um, uh, um, it's a karma and its results, or karma and its actions, the three jewels, the Buddhas, so disbelief in these things. So if one has a view that uh, opposes the truth, like in, this, in these cases, uh, then this would be uh, being reborn with a wrong view. And from uh, uh, the basis of wrong view, one can't uh, practice the, the Dharma. So this is a, an, a, a, a leisureless state. So this is the first leisureless state, a state of wrong view. Uh, so then it says, uh, um, uh, then it goes, the reborn with wrong views. I'm just going a little out of order of what the English says here. And then uh, as an animal, um, uh, so if one is born as an animal, this isn't a basis of leisure because uh, we can see that dogs and cats, they can't understand religion or the Dharma. Uh, they don't have the same aptitude. Uh, so animal is not a basis from which one... Uh, uh, can practice, or the hungry ghost realm uh, is not a basis from which one can practice, or a hell being, or the hell realm existence is not a basis from which one can practice. So here these are the four, uh, wrong views, hell realm, uh, hungry ghost, um, I'm sorry, animal realm, hungry ghost, or hell realm. Uh, so these are four uh, states that lack uh, leisure. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
in the Sutra of the Three Heaps, the Confession of Downfalls, there is a, uh, where it states, uh, I have not been born as a uh, um, animal or a hungry ghost uh, or a hell being. So we find a, a similar quotes uh, about these eight leisures in uh, that Confession of Downfalls, Sutra of Three Heaps, in the Rejoicing section, translators know. And then the fifth is uh, without the conqueror's word. So we just have to go up to where it says uh, being born in a land where there is uh, no um, uh, conqueror's word. So where this doesn't uh, exist. So that's the fifth. Uh, so then it says, uh, uh, an uncultured uh, person in a border, uh, border region. Um, so here, um, uh, it's a lot of times translated as a non-religious barbaric land. Um, so uh, here, if there isn't the existence of the monastic order, um, this is what it's referring to. We find that there are the, uh, the Getsu Pamani, Getsu Pamani, Jit. Okay, so the four... Uh, the four ordinations of the uh, uh, two uh, novice, the novice of the male and the novice of the female monastic order, uh, and then the fully ordained uh, of the male and the female monastic order. So uh, here, if there isn't any of, of the, if there aren't any mona uh, um, uh, monastics uh, um, in that land, then it would be uh, a barbaric land. So that's what it's referring to here when it says uh, uncultured person in a bordered region. Uh, that's really speaking of a place uh, where uh, there isn't this uh, um, uh, um, existence of the uh, monastic order, monastic community. <laughs> ใส่เรมบอกภาษาเรมบอกเจบาเจบาเนเนอ่าลาลุจวาลาลุจวาเลชกุบาจิตุบาจาจิตุบาจิตุบาเรภาษาเรมบอกเจบาเจบาเจบ
Okay, so I just wanted to make sure I was not mistranslating anything. Um, so it's fine. So, uh, uncultured person in a border region. Uh, um, here, this is a, an, uh, an area where there's a, a non-religious or a barbaric land. It's translated a lot as. Uh, and then the next is a stupid or mute person. Uh, here, it could also be demented. The word stupid could be translated as demented and is de translated as demented at times. Um, so here, this is uh, someone whose faculties don't allow them to practice. Uh, and then the last is the... Um, um, deity of long life, so a long life deity. Uh, so first, the wrong view, uh, second, hell realm, third, hungry ghost, fourth, animal realm, fifth, the place where the Buddha's uh, speech, uh, um, uh, there's no conqueror's word, uh, sixth, um, uh, being born in a border region as an uncultured person in a bordered region, uh, um, and then seventh is uh, being born with a uh, um, demented or as mute person or uh, as stupid or mute person as it's translated here, and then the, uh, that was seven, and then eight is the long-life deity. So here we find in Nagarjuna's letter to a friend those eight conditions that are leisureless. So we find in the... Uh, uh, so, uh, so in the uh, um, prostrations to the 35 Buddhas, the confession of downfalls, it speaks of um, uh, not being born, uh, uh, um, not being born in the hell realms, in the animal realm, in the predator realms, in irreligious countries as barbarians or as long life gods with imperfect faculties holding wrong views. Uh, so here, uh, um, it, it speaks of um, uh, um, this same exact thing that uh, we're speaking of in the Confession of Downfalls. Mm. So uh, there might be some things that are uh, a little bit different uh, in this uh, compared to that. There might be some additions or uh, omissions, but it's very similar uh, uh, to, the, and the two are very similar. <laughs> Uh, 
So we find uh, also in the uh, <coughs> Jamyang Chega, the great Jamyang Sheba's uh, writings, uh, these eight um, leisures uh, as well. So the first being the not born with wrong views, the second being that, uh, um, not born in the uh, any among the uh, well, Rinpoche said the next three are not being born in any among the three lower realms, the hell-hungry ghost or animal, making four. The fifth, uh, not being born where the Buddha's word uh, isn't present. The sixth, uh, not being born in a barbaric land as an old, old, uncultured person. The seventh, not being born as a demented or mute person or stupid or mute person. And then the eighth, uh, not being born as a long-life god. So these are the eight leisureless states, um, and they're similarly uh, stated in Jayan Sheba's text as well. Well, <laughs> it says, and then after it lists them, it says, is to be afflicted by one of the eight faults that are conditions which lack leisure. After you have attained leisure, which is freedom from these, strive to end birth. Um, so here, we look at the truth, the the truths. We look at the truth of suffering, the truth of origin, uh, truth of cessation, truth of path. So we're looking at the truths and we're looking at uh, suffering itself. And suffering arises in dependence upon karma and the afflictions. So here, um, uh, Nagarjuna is stating that um, uh, if one ends birth, then leisureless states have ended. Um, so here it's saying, once you've obtained this life of leisure, uh, strive to end birth altogether, because by ending birth altogether, by achieving cessation or liberation, uh, one no longer has the concern of leisureless states, because it's a cessation. Uh, so here, Nagarjuna is stating that once you've obtained this, uh, um, uh, strive to end birth. And here, one eliminates the, the uh, truth of suffering itself, by eliminating that which causes it, that, that which is its origin. And here that's referring to uh, karma and the afflictions. The karma and the afflictions produce leisureless states. Hmm. 
and then here, just quickly, it says a deity of long life. Uh, there are various uh, deities in the form realm, uh, deities of the formless realm, deities of the desire realm. Um, and then there, there are those uh, uh, in the, the formless realm uh, that, for instance, uh, those deities, those long life deities that um, uh, have achieved the fourth concentration level or higher, uh, who um, um, are born and realize uh, that they are uh, abiding in this specific existence um, and then go into a state of, uh, that is similar to sleeping, a state of concentration, uh, and then uh, their life is over. Um, so it's a wasted uh, type of life. Um, so uh, here, uh, that's the fault of this uh, being a long-life deity, that it, it's a leisureless state because there's, it is not opportunity for this practice uh, within it. And later on, uh, we'll find more explanation of these things uh, lo lower down. Concentration. Um, the, uh, so um, the, these different uh, states of existence is similar to uh, uh, being uh, in Middletown, but being in specifically uh, in Main Street in Middletown. So when we're speaking of these different realms, they're be speaking with specificity about uh, where in cyclic existence uh, specifically. We're, um, so that's uh, why we're when we use these different realms, they're just different places. So once we get it's a little out of my league at this moment in the fourth uh, concentration level um, hold on I've seen this I've seen this she's speaking of the different levels within the concentration levels and uh, I just don't want to mistranslate she said there's eight um, maybe at a future time I can we can go over them I just or I can find them maybe afterwards I don't want to take any more time up but I'm sure it's in here somewhere. Yeah, there are eight there are eight <laughs> so, yeah, so we have these eight that are found, and unfortunately we'll have to just table that to another time. At this, just describing the different concentration levels, and they're, they're great and, and subtler results of those concentration uh, levels, their actualization of those levels.
I just apologize for him saying in the future we'll go over it more clearly. I would rather do that and then just give a, a half a translation of something inaccurately. Uh, so the uh, when when we look at uh, non-virtuous activity, uh, we can engage in non-virtuous activity through our body, speech, and mind. And then non-virtuous activity causes the leisureless states. Um, so uh, these are caused uh, um, by um, our behavior. Um, so. If we engage in uh, the ten non-virtuous activities, uh, if we go for refuge to the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, if we engage in the ten ethics, which is uh, an abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities, and we go for refuge to the three jewels, uh, and if we have engaged in a non-virtue, we acknowledge that non-virtue, uh, then we can achieve a state which is uh, um, uh, free, uh, which is a state of leisure, which uh, lacks leisurelessness. That's probably not a word, but everyone's getting the point, I think, that uh, through engaging in these practices, the ethics and the going for refuge in the three jewels and acknowledging our downfalls, we can achieve a state of leisure. <laughs> So, um, in Nagarjuna's uh, friendly letter to a friend, he states to the king, Deshe Zampo, that this human basis that one has uh, is more powerful than a wish-granting jewel, is more important than a wish-granting jewel, and that one should take full advantage of it. Um, and here, when we look at the Four Noble Truths, the presentation of the Four Noble Truths, the, uh, where the Buddha stated that this is the superior truth of suffering, this is the superior truth of origin, this is the superior truth of cessation, and that this is the superior truth of path, the Buddha was showing first that the truth of suffering itself, the state, the experience of suffering, was caused by something specific, which is the truth of origin. So the truth of origin is referring to that which causes the truth of suffering, the karma and the afflictions which cause the truth of suffering. Um, but then, through reliance upon a pathway 
um, which is a pathway which abandons the karma and the afflictions, one can achieve a state of cessation. And cessation here is referring to liberation. Um, so um, if one uh, gets rid of the uh, um, 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 cause of the leisureless state, then one uh, can, can achieve a state of leisure. So it's very similar to the origin of a leisureless state, the origin of suffering, and by abandoning the origin of a leisureless state, leisure is achieved by abandoning the origin of suffering, uh, the um, uh, suffering is abandoned. So it's a very similar uh, in those two presentations of uh, abandonment, the uh, subject of abandonment. Uh, so the Nagarjuna states that this basis that we have, because of its abilities, uh, is greater than a wish-granting jewel. Kunajimaji Robotawa Conjure ane
So here it says, with these, uh, I'm going to read the whole paragraph and then kind of go through each line. I think that's the best way to do it. Uh, with three of these eight, you are unable to know what to adopt and what to cast aside. Being born in a border region in which the four types of followers, fully ordained monks and nuns, novice monks and nuns, are not active. Being mute, stupid, and incomplete uh, sensory faculties, which means incomplete limbs, ears, and so on. Uh, and lacking conqueror's word, meaning born where a Buddha has not arisen. If you have a wrong view which misconceives the three jewels, karma and its effects, and for, uh, former and future lives as non-existent, you do not believe in the sublime teachings. You will have great difficulty in developing a religious attitude if you are born in any of the three miserable realms, and even if you do, do develop a little bit, you will be unable to practice because you will be tormented by suffering. So here, uh, this is explaining uh, in a little bit of a different order, but first... Uh, um, uh, the, the thing, Rimache's, I just am going to have to explain it in the order in the English, um, even though it's going to be in a different order as the Rimache just gave. Um, it'll it correspond to the English and the meaning will be the same. So uh, um, if you're born uh, here where it says uh, in a border region, um, this is referring to a barbaric land or a, a, an uncultured person in a border region. In uh, uh, this uh, quote, is what this first uh, is being explained, and that's saying that it's a place where there's no monastic uh, community, there's no monks or nuns, uh, and, and this is in the whole place, just a translator's note, it doesn't just mean in that town necessarily, it means that in the country, or uh, so just to note that. Um, so here, being born where this is, there is no monastic order, monks, nuns, uh, or the novice or fully ordained status, um, it says are not active. Uh, then it says being mute, stupid, having incomplete sensory faculties, uh, which here is the uh, a stupid or mute person, a demented or mute person, just meaning not having the, the, the faculties that uh, are necessary to have in order to engage in the practice of Dharma, not having uh, the, the, the faculties that serve as a basis from which one can practice. Um, then it says uh, incomplete limbs, ears, and so on. Uh, um, um, so anything that would hinder the pra one's uh, ability to practice um, um, from one side. Uh, and lacking a conqueror's word, uh, meaning uh, born where the Buddha has not arisen. So here it says without the conqueror's word, it means being born somewhere where there is not that word present, where there's never been a Buddha, uh, there's never been uh, the Buddha's words in that place. Um, so that's uh, considered uh, being born where the Buddha has not arisen. Um, if you have a wrong view, which misconceives the three jewels, karmic effects, and, and former and future lives as non-existent, you do not believe in the sublime teaching. So here, this is being born with wrong views, but be, uh, being born with the view that there is no existence of the three jewels, there is no existence of karma and consequences, there is no existence of future lives or previous lives. Uh, from this basis, uh, practice isn't possible. This, if one has this uh, extreme wrong view. Uh, it says, you do not believe in the sublime teachings if you believe these things don't exist. 
so obviously it's, you can't practice from that place. Uh, you will have great difficulty in de developing a religious attitude if you're born in any of the three lower realms. So if you're born in the hell realm, in the hungry ghost realm, or in the animal realm, you'll have great difficulty in practicing it. Even if you're able to, in some way, uh, make some progress, uh, it will only be a small amount, a tiny bit, uh, because of the amount of suffering that one is tormented by. So here, in speaking of the three miserable realms, if you are born in any of the three miserable realms, even if you have a little bit of a development as uh, before, um, uh, if, even if something arises, there's such an overwhelming amount of suffering that uh, pervades the mind uh, in those states that it makes it impossible to truly uh, practice. So it says you'll be unable to practice because you're tormented by suffering. So even if there's a little progress, it's going to be a very little bit because it's, uh, it, it's, it's and because of this, it's considered a leisureless state. Um, uh, because of the amount of suffering is so immense in those lower realms. Uh, so, in this, it says, uh, then it moves on to the deity of long life. Um, and it's, uh, uh, here it says, Mahat, Mahamati's clear words, explanation of the friendly letter. So, this is a, a commentary on Nagarjuna's uh, letter to a friend, explains that a deity of long life. Uh, is one who lacks discrimination and lives in the formless uh, realms. And then Ashvagosha's a talk in the eight conditions that lack leisure explains that a deity of long life is one in the desire realm who is constantly distracted by um, activities of desire. Um, so there, 
when we look at uh, these two different quotes, uh, the first quote is saying uh, that this is a, a long-life deity who's abiding in the formless realm, um, and then another quote states that it's a deity who's living in the desire realm uh, and is, has attachment. And there are six, uh, I wanted to give the specific names of the six, uh, but I probably won't be able to, six different um, uh, realms within the desire uh, um, realm, God's realms within the desire realm, uh, the the land of Ganden. Uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. ただ。でね、ガネマでかで、トシナ。ジャオシャボウソ。ガネチ。でね、トゥガ。トゥガ。トゥガ。トゥガ。トゥガ。トゥガ。トゥガ。トゥガ。トゥガ。トゥガ。
And then here in Ashvagosha's uh, a talk on the eight conditions, it says that it's a, a long-life deity in the desire realm who's attracted to activities of desire and so forth. Uh, so we find uh, that there's uh, two uh, different explanations here. Mm-hmm. So here it says, um, Basu Bandhu's uh, treasury of knowledge states that the deities who lack discrimination exist in one uh, area of great fruit, a land of the fourth meditative stabilization. This area is set off from the rest of the a great fruit in the way that a monastery is set off from a lay settlement. Even more, these deities have inactive minds and mental processes except for uh, the time immediately following birth and during death. Uh, finally, they live for many uh, eons. Uh, it is incorrect to say that a noble... Okay, so they live for many eons. So here, um, a, a deity in this position or a being in this position would realize that he or she was in this state and then go into a state of concentration similar to sleeping, uh, and then wouldn't go, many eons could go by, uh, and then they would not uh, really have a, a kind of cognitive thought uh, until the time of death, and they would realize, I'm dying. So there would be this recognition of, of their uh, state of being, uh, and then the state of concentration that goes on for eons, uh, and then the recognition that, uh, oh, uh, the time of death is here. Uh, so it's from that platform, because of this uh, um, 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 fact, it's considered a leisureless state because it's wasted during that entire time. Uh, there's no potential to practice um, from there because it's wasted uh, during well, that. Oh, so uh, it looks like uh, we're out of time. Um, uh, so thank you, everyone, and we'll do the concluding prayers. Uh, and I will find those six desire realm uh, gods that, for next time, and possibly the concentration states uh, I can look up when not on, yeah. under the gun so much. Um, so let's get to the uh, concluding model offering and dedication prayer. Yeah. Oh, they play
The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise to Mantabhava as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In the heavenly realm of Tibet, surrounded by a chain of snow mountains, the source of all happiness and help for beings is Tenzin Gyatso, Chen Rezigan person. May his life be secure for hundreds of kalpas. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensu Wanda, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.